0: So good, so good to be here again with you this morning. I'm really happy to be here another week, another week that we can be thankful for every blessing that Jesus has bestowed on us, amen? He has bestowed on us a lot of blessings. We live in a blessed country, we live in freedom, and we're, we're blessed with peace and prosperity. But, you know, beyond that, we also have a hope that extends beyond these momentary things as well, too. We have a hope that extends into what? Into eternity. That's awesome. It's a gift that we don't deserve. We didn't earn it. You know, we don't deserve it, but freely it was given to us. Imagine that. Hallelujah. There's this show that I watch sometimes on TV. It's a a British show. It's a fairly new show. It's called The Repair Shop. Has anyone ever seen that yet? The Repair Shop? That's where people bring in these, like, broken items, right? They, to this place that has several, several, like, craftsmen and specialists in their fields. There's mechanical people. There's uh, upholsters. Uh, there's uh, engineers. And uh, people bring in these things that usually don't have a whole lot of monetary value to them. They're not, like, super expensive things usually, but they hold a lot of value to the people that are bringing them in. They're, like, heirlooms and things like that, right? And then these people come, and they, they repair it, and they give it back to them in working order. And there's this one episode where I watched where this, this, uh, this, this woman brought in a, a, a broken violin. It was, it was in pieces. It was in really bad shape. And uh, she wanted them to repair this violin because it used to be played by her father who would play a, a certain song on it for her mother. And uh, she wanted it to get repaired so that it could be the sound of that violin could be played again for her mother, her aged mother, uh, because her, her father had passed away some time ago. And I can tell you, it was really beautiful when we saw. Like they, they basically they repaired. They they brought the violin in. They they finished it off perfectly. They made sure that the strings were 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 perfectly tied to it. It was it was one like it was like a night and day transformation of the violin. And then they brought in uh, a, mus- a a musician to come in and actually play that specific piece of music for the mother. And it was a really touching experience to see them to do that, that they were playing this tune. And you could see that in her eyes, you could see that the, the, she really missed her husband. And that, that was the song that was played perfectly by this musician. It was wonderful. And the wonderful thing, you know, the greatest thing about the show is, though, is that it's, it's at no cost to the owner. People bring in their war items and have an expert craftsman or craftswoman restore and renew their treasures back to their original purpose. And it's kind like, kind of like when we're born again, isn't it? It's kind of like when we're, we're born again and washed by the blood of the Lamb. We're re- renewed into our original state and our original purpose. So when you're saved by Jesus and accept your salvation, you get to experience that renewing process in your life. And it's a beautiful process of exchanging your guilt and shame for forgiveness. And that part we understand really well, because most of, uh, most of you here have probably experienced that, right? Most of you have probably experienced that. But there's another part of the process that I've noticed that a lot of Christians don't sometimes get to experience, and that's the the process of sanctification. So, what is sanctification? So, hence the word that we as Christians put out there all the time, but a lot of people don't know exactly what it means. Well, after you accept Jesus into your heart, it's the action and process of being continually, continually freed from sin. It's the process of purification, a process of continually exchanging sin for Christ's holiness, a continual process from glory to glory. Amen? So why is this so hard for so many? Because I, I think it's because of this. I think it the process of sanctification. It actually takes deliberate action on our part. And let's be, let's face, we've got to face the fact here, a lot of us are pretty lazy, right? Yeah, I'm saved, I'm positionally saved, I'm going to heaven, and that's where it stops for a lot of people, right? But there's so much more. There's so much more. And we don't, you know, we don't want to go through something that's going to make us want to change our ways. But here's the point I want to make today. The Lord never wants you to change or give up something for the sake of giving it up. Never. It's always because there is something better that he wants you to have instead. He wants to give up that that ragged heirloom and return the garbage that you've been dragging around. And he wants you to exchange it for something that actually works. That's what he wants you to do. Have any of you experienced that today or before? Yes? I hope so, because that is that that's what this is about. Amen? All right. So my text for today is uh, it's gonna illustrate, you know, how we're able to trade whatever's weighing us down, whatever's preventing us from moving forward, and replace it with something better, something life-giving. You ready? All right, let's go. It's Isaiah 40 and 31. I'm gonna read today from the Amplified uh, because it gives us a lot more words to, to understand what the verse is saying. 43, but those who wait on the Lord, who expect, look for, and hope in Him, will gain new strength. Say new. new. New strength and renew their power. They will lift up their wings and rise up close to God like eagles running, rising toward the sun. They will run and not become weary. They will walk Not grow tired. Oh, man, I don't want to grow tired. Do you? No, no, no. So I've actually read that the word renew here could actually mean exchange as well, too. So it could actually be those that win, the Lord will exchange their strength, will exchange their power, giving up weakness for strength, exchanging weakness for strength. Isn't that cool? Exchanging weakness for strength. Have you noticed that a lot of the Christian experience is actually exchanging something worse for something better? Have you noticed that? A lot of you love going to Costco because of all the great deals that you see there, right? You know, you're going to Costco, you're going out. You, you buy stuff that you know you'd never buy, generally speaking, but you're, you're walking there with a trolley, and then you're like, oh, 42 gallons of peanuts. Right? <laughs> What a deal, right? Only twenty nine ninety nine. You know what? The life, the life that you've decided on, the life that you're uh, waiting on the Lord, it's actually a really good bargain. It's a fantastic bargain. We're exchanging filthy rags for new garments, holy garments, new clothes. It's springtime. You need a new wardrobe. Amen. Springtime. So we're getting close to Easter, right? What has Christ's death on the cross given us? It's actually made it possible for me, the sinner, to exchange my sin for his righteousness. His righteousness. That's a pretty good deal. But wait, there's more. There is more. That's just the beginning. Almost everything after that is an exchange for the worse for the better. Our sin is taken care of. We have exchanged wrath for acceptance. I no longer sit in the place of condemnation anymore. I have now been invited, accepted, and even adopted into my Heavenly Father's house. That's a pretty good exchange. Not because of what I've done, not because of of anything that I could have done in my own strength, but because of the divine grace lavishly poured onto me. That's why. Here's another great exchange. You ready for this one? I've exchanged death for life. That should make you pretty excited. Death for life. Before Christ, I was just a dead man walking. That's what I was. Now I have life, and not just my renewed life here, by the way, not just that, but for eternity. Sorry, Costco, you don't, you've got some good deals, but there's not a bargain like this there, that's for sure. Right? I've got a much better deal. So we have this awesome exchange policy that we can take advantage of when we align ourselves with Christ. But part of that policy is also... Filling up your tank, too, when you run out of juice, right? Because even though, you know, you, you've gotten these great eternal gifts, sometimes we need to be fueled up here as well, right? Recharged, reinvigorated in our lives. And the good news is that he has kind of an exchange program for that as well, too. Here's something that I've absolutely noticed about myself. I absolutely need times of refreshment and renewal. Absolutely. I absolutely need that. You can't live without that renewal. As a Christian, when you abide in Christ, you need to have that refreshment and that renewal continually. And I think that every single believer does. Whether we've been through trials or we just feel burnt out from what life throws at us, our spirit tends to get worn down quite a bit. And we need to find ways to to revive before we fall into any kind of discouragement. Or if we fall, you know, even worse, if we find ourselves distancing ourselves from God. That's when you know you need refreshment and renewal, right? And actually, this is what the Israelites who first received this promise from Isaiah were facing in their hardship. They had been, uh, they had lived in exile in Babylon for several decades. And their perspective was darkened by some despairing thoughts. It actually says in verse 27 before this, it says, My way was hidden from the Lord. And my right is disregarded by my God. They thought that God had just left them; that He was gone. They thought God either didn't care about them, or that He didn't even think He wasn't even thinking about them. But Isaiah and also, Isaiah also uses these words actually quite a bit in these verses. He uses the word faint, tired, and weary several times in the span of just a couple of chapters here. They were exas- exhausted, burdened from the circumstances of life, and they, they, they were just. They weren't just weak in body, but they were actually weak in spirit as well, too. How could they endure the the hard circumstances in Babylon any longer? Well, they did it by taking their feelings, their emotions, and the perspective that God didn't care, and they exchanged it for the faith that they would be lifted up like eagles. That's what they exchanged it for. Lord, take my weariness, is what they said. And God said, great. Now, how would you like to run? Right? Lord, I feel faint. Well, take it from me. Great. I'll take that. And you know what? Get up now and walk. He totally changed their perspective. And you know, maybe you need renewal today. Maybe you came into this building feeling really blah, blah, blah. You know what? Maybe you need renewal as well today. Maybe there's something inside. Look inside of yourself. Even this morning as I'm preaching, look inside of yourself. Is there something that, that, that is in you that you need to be exchanged for something else? Something that will bring renewal and revival to you. You've all gotten really quiet since I've said that. So I know that I'm hitting something right? Let God exchange it for something else. Be free from it for once and for all. Let's move on. Let's run. Amen? You know what's interesting? I'm preaching from Isaiah. You know what Isaiah means? It means the Lord is salvation. That's what the name Isaiah means. And the Lord is your salvation this morning as well too. So all of this exchanging is illustrating to us that our ways are not his ways. And we are, in fact, exchanging our ways for his ways. That's what we're exchanging. Our ways for his ways. We're exchanging the ways of man for the ways of God. And the real truth is that man, you know, man always wants to, to build a better mousetrap. That's what we want to do in our own strength. We want to build a better mouse. We're always looking at ways to improve things, Right? Look at a car. Well, we're continually making the car more fuel efficient. Oh, wait a second. Gas is not efficient anymore. Okay, let's make the car electric. We're always improving it. Oh, look at this wheat over here. This wheat, we're not producing enough, cra- uh, enough crops. There's too much disease. There's pestilence. All right, let's genetically modify that wheat so we can produce more wheat so that it's almost always abundant. Right? Oh, look at this book. It was written in 2021. That's old news. Let's revise it. Right? It's always revisions and revisions and revisions. If man wants to make something better, he figures out a way to improve it. But the ways of God, the ways of God are completely different from that. God is not really interested in revision. He is interested in rebirth. God is not interested in cosmetic improvements. God is interested in revival. Right? God looks at man and he decides that man needs to be better. So what does God do? God makes man better by making him a brand new man. Not a better version of himself, but an entirely new creature, a new creature, a new creature that actually has a purpose, and that purpose is to remove all vestiges of the old man, handing that ragged old man to the master craftsman who makes him more of Christ and less of himself. It's no longer I that liveth. Yeah, great exchange. Another great exchange. And again, it's always trading up. Less of me and more of you, Lord. And just like Isaiah said, we exchange weakness for strength. You know, I, I, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That is true. I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. And you can say that Christ actually makes us strong. There's nothing wrong with that. But there is a caveat to that. We are only as strong as how much we give up of ourselves. Our strength is exactly equivalent to our own weakness. Isn't that funny? That's a weird way of thinking about it, isn't it? Abandoning my own strength and my own ability and in faith relying on God's strength. I've exchanged my puny AAA batteries and he's connected me to 1.21 gigawatts of infinite power. That's what he's done. I've given him my red Robbie screwdriver and he's given me a 20-volt DeWalt impact driver. That's still a good power tool, right, Paul? That's a good one? Okay, excellent. (laughs) Excellent. I put that one in there for you, by the way. (laughs) We literally exchange weakness for strength. But the strength is not mine. It has nothing to do with me because it never grows weary. It flows from me, from God, proportionally to the degree of how much I abide in Christ. I don't know about you, but you know what my call is today? Lord, take it all. Take it. (laughs) <laughs> take, I am abandoning it to you. My strength is not good enough. My skills are not good enough. I take it all. Use me, Lord. Lord, you do the work in me. That's my call. Is it yours? Yeah. Oh man, I was talking. I was talking to Paul this morning. I said, "Don't you hate getting older? Don't you hate getting older? Isn't it, is it terrible getting older? I feel young on the inside, but..." When I see the energy that my kids have, I quickly recognize my own limitations, right? And fully understand that what Isaiah was saying in regards to being faint, tired, and weary. <laughs> if you have kids, you understand what that's like, getting tired all the time. We go to, you know when your phone, your phone at night, it says your battery's running low. It says, do you want to enter low power mode? That's what I feel like I want to enter into at night. I wish I had a low power mode in my head. Low power mode on, Right? We just cannot keep ourselves going. But thank goodness our ways are not his. God is totally different. He is self-generating. And that means he has abundant strength to give away to those who will will wait on him. What do you think wait on, on him means, by the way? What do you think it means to wait on him? The NIV says hope instead of wait. And I think a lot of it comes back to trust. To wait on God is Thankfully, it's not counting the seconds, the minutes, the hours, or anything like that. That would not be great because all of us hate to wait, don't we? We hate waiting in lines. It's terrible. But what wait actually means here is living in confident expectation of his action on our behalf. I love that definition. Living in confident expectation of his action on our behalf. So what does that look like? Well, I can tell you what it is not. It's not running ahead of God and trying to solve our own problems. That's not what it is. Isaiah in chapter 40 was calling on his people to trust God to solve their circumstances as exiles under Babylon's rule. And I think in our day, this day, where everything seems so completely out of control, you know, a never-ending pandemic, the potential of another world war, right? Maybe, just maybe, God is speaking to us, the exiles in our age, to trust him and only him and everything. Are you worn out? (laughs) Are you weary? Do you believe that there's a future for you? Guess what? The God of all strength can give you exactly what you need right now at the right time so that you can soar, so that you can run, so that you can walk in this impossible time. Impossible for us, but not impossible for him. For when I am weak, then I am strong. He is the God of the impossible. And you know, this is one of the Christian paradoxes. When we're weak in ourselves, then we are strong in the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. When we see ourselves weak in ourselves, then we go outside of ourselves to Christ, which actually qualifies us to receive strength from him and experience his infinite supply of divine strength and grace. What are we doing? We're actually trading the finite for the infinite. We're trading the temporal for the eternal. That's what the trade is, and it's a very good trade. There's so many good trades to be made as Christians, actually. Again, I think it's a fantastic deal. It really is a good deal. What are we trading? We're trading our, our ignorance for his knowledge. We're trading our folly for his wisdom. We're trading our blindness for sight, you could go on and on. There's so many things that we're trading up. It's a fantastic deal. It really is. So how do we get it? Well, the promise of Isaiah is this. They who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. So make, make note of that. It's not you know, those that uh, you know, pull up their socks and give it the old college try uh, you know, are going to go for the Lord. Are gonna, are gonna get what, they're going to get everything done. It's those who wait for him. We often think that our walk with Christ is is doing our very best and asking God to do the rest, which seems like a good strategy sometimes, but it's still leaving ourselves in that equation. It's still relying on something other than Christ alone. Have you noticed that the greatest victories in the Bible happen to people who do not rely on their own strength? Have you seen that? Have you noticed that? What did David say to Goliath? He said, you come at me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty. That's what he said. The strength of the Lord comes on those who do not rely on their own abilities. He provides strength to those who can admit to their own weakness. You know, as a pastor, I, I can tell you that, that I, I learned very quickly that relying on your own personal skills, your own talents, capacities, capability, it does absolutely Nothing. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. It doesn't matter how good I was at my public-facing job. I learned that I had to completely depend on him for absolutely everything. Everything. And guess what? Here's the good news. It's a transferable skill. It doesn't just stop here at the pulpit. It's not. You can use that as well, too. You can use it every day. Confidence in yourself is a good thing, right? But it's not enough to get you through every giant that you face in your life. It just isn't. Eventually, you're also going to discover that your strength is insufficient. And when you get to that realization, when you're prepared to admit that you can't do it on your own, then he unleashes his everlasting supply. That's when he unleashes his abundant provision, his limitless power, his strength, which enables us to run the straight race, to run and win the prize for the upward call in Jesus Christ. And you know what? This is not a theory that I'm preaching here this morning either. This is, this is actual truth. It's not a theory. It's, I've practiced it. I've, I've seen that it's true, and you can do the same thing as well too. I know a lot of you have proven this when facing your own giants. I know you all have. And now, you know what I think? I think now is the time to soar like eagles. If ever there's been a point in history where we need to soar like eagles and draw closer to him, it's now. And we need to do that. Amen. Amen. If you had something that came to you that's preventing you this morning from entering into his joy, from receiving his strength, I just want you to lay that at the altar this morning. Exchange it. He's got strength for you today. He's got the power to give you to, to overcome whatever you're facing. So I was wondering if you could stand up with me. I'm going to pray this morning in that regard. I think one of the, the, the biggest tricks the devil tries to pull on us is to make us believe that we can do it ourselves. Because we're only hearing our own voice in that. Like, yeah, I can do that. I can do it. I can do this. I can get through it. No problem. I can do it. I'm, I'm good. I'm strong. I'm capable. But you know what? We're not. We're not. We need to depend on him in everything. So this morning, if you're not, if you're not feeling the strength of the Lord in whatever you're facing, just close your eyes and pray with me. And we're going to release it to the Lord. Amen? Loving Father, I, I know that my, my strength can only be found in Christ. Help me, I pray. Help me to trust implicitly in the power that I can only receive from you. Jesus, Lord, my, my God, I, I pray that I may truly rise above all the difficulties of life and run with the patient endurance, the race that is set before me looking onto jesus who is my only source of strength and my only means of refreshment in jesus mighty name i pray amen 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 as we just worshiped this last time if god is if jesus is telling you right now if, you, if you're being convicted of something that you need to release to him just do it now this morning it's an easy process it's a great deal <laughs> It's very gentle, just release it to him and he will replace it with his strength. Let's just worship the Lord this morning before we go. Let his presence just fill you this morning.